Luke 7, 36 through 50. One of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And behold, a woman of the city, who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment, and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears, and wiped them with the hair of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, Say it, teacher. A certain moneylender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon answered, the one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears Mm. and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at table with him began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Man, Jesus is awesome. <laughs> I know, right? What a great, I know. what a great text. Uh, um, and yeah, I, I love this. You know, I'm using um, Step Bible, which is an awesome, it's it's free website or app, but it's, uh, it's a great studying uh, resource because basically it's a Bible, but if you like hover over the word, it'll... Uh, tell you like the Greek and the oh, definition Wow! Okay. and cross-reference it. It's, it's really good. Very cool. Um, so for when it calls the woman a sinner, the first definition is sinful, an absolute moral failure. Mm. I'm like, gosh, that's like, because like, you know, we all know we're like sinners. So I think, I think sometimes we lose the sting of like when a biblical text refers to someone as a sinner because it's really yes. like this deep, like, absolute moral failure right and we see that in the pharisee's reaction he's like yeah jesus knew who this was and so you know there's this implication that she's like a very checkered past you know maybe a a prostitute Mm -hmm. or a demon possessed or you know involved in witchcraft something something yeah and so uh and and then jesus like takes this uh you know kind of tense situation and Mm -hmm. just spins it so beautifully with this uh, you know, parable metaphor of the, the forgiven debts. And, um, you know, I, 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 this resonates really deeply with me, but what are your thoughts on this powerful passage? Yeah, no. Um, well, one, I think just like understanding the culture of the time, like even highlights that the, um, tension of the passage, just that when, you know, hospitality was a big thing, um, and still is in Eastern cultures. And, um, there was definitely a way to welcome people into your home and it did involve like 
um, foot washing where because you know they were always walking around in the dirt and mm-hmm. everybody was so dirty and so that was like a thing like when yeah. you brought people in you would you um, a servant often would wash their feet and you would greet them with a kiss and like wish them peace or shalom and then often they would be anointed so these are all very customary mm-hmm. um, ways of inviting someone into your home and so like right off the bat we see that this Pharisee has it's like might be for show also yeah. like I guess there was like courtyards where the tables would be like in the courtyard for these like kind of like powerful people and they would have these you know dinners and then people could come in and out and kind of like observe or listen to the conversation so it's very much a a display like mm. you know Simon as we find out his name is he's inviting this you know teacher who has obviously multitudes of people following him, listening yeah. to him. You know, I mean, he is the man he of the is moment. He high and mighty. Yeah, yeah I mean, he, and, and Jesus is the moment, right? I mean, like everybody knows him Come on. everywhere. Yeah. So he has him here, but then just the, the uh, I don't know, the ugliness of Simon's attitude towards yeah. Jesus, then contrasted in this way with this woman who is, you know, most people would say if they held up Simon and they held this woman, like obviously she's a sinner. He's not a moral failure. And, but then just like highlighting the way, the hospitality of the two and to see her outpouring of mm. love. I mean, you just can't, there's no other way to describe it. She's just overwhelmed with, I mean, for one thing, I'd be, I would think just to even see someone being treated this way, like how she's just like, this can't, like this can't happen to this man of all people. Yeah. But then also seeing her heart moved um, towards him personally and just how he has seen her and loved her mm-hmm. um, at some point and obviously knowing that he is the answer to her yeah. great predicament of her sin. Yeah, you know, it's the context here is interesting. At the beginning of Luke 7, Jesus heals a centurion, so a Gentile's mm-hmm. son, mm-hmm. or a servant, sorry. And then the very following story, he he raises a widow's son, and then John the Baptist enters the equation, and Jesus says that John the Baptist is, you know, of those born among women, none is greater than John, yet the one who is the least in the kingdom of God is greater than him. Mm-hmm. And so... Luke's, you know, he's definitely building a case here, yes. and, and this this story fits so powerfully into that. As you know, the kingdom of Jesus is so upside down; it's right. so least our greatest. It's you know so counterintuitive, and you know, I mean, I just think about um, I, I've definitely seen this happen a lot in the music world, and I'm sure like some of the the people in our church who've had successful careers mm-hmm. have seen this and experienced this. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of times what will happen is somebody will kind of, uh, you know, get connected with a really successful person or mm-hmm. person of great influence. Mm-hmm. And then they like invite them over or get a meal together. But then once they're kind of hanging out and interfacing, the, you know, the person who's kind of called it together, mm-hmm. it, it's almost this like, so who do you know? Like, right. what, how do you, how did you get to where you are? Like yeah. it's, it's business, you know, yeah. and it's manipulative. It's a, and business. it's exploitive. Like yeah, basically it's, what it's can ex- you do for yeah, me? What can I get yeah. out of this yeah, relationship? Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's, it's a huge turnoff. And, you know, I really think that's kind of what we see here with Simon, the oh, yeah. Pharisee is like, he's like, okay, there's this new teacher in town who's got, you know, all right. the ravings. Right. And he also clearly doesn't believe he's a prophet because he's like, well, if he's a prophet, he would know that this woman yeah. should not be yeah. in here. And so, 
but you know, Jesus, he, he's so full of mercy and grace. And, and this is where, you know, he's not on a mission to build a platform. He's on a mission to build a kingdom with right. the least. Right. And, um, I just love this, this story of, you know, if there's a master and he forgives two people's debts, mm-hmm. you know, basically the greater your debt and the greater the knowledge of your debt, then the greater your gratitude and love. And, um, that's something I've been thinking about a lot lately. Um, you know, I, I like lead worship here at the church and on mm-hmm. Tuesday nights. And um, one thing that I have just been, it's been echoing through my mind when I've been leading lately and it's been like so good is I'll just, you know, we'll be singing whatever song. And this is a great hack for anybody who's mm-hmm. having trouble. Um, sometimes, <laughs> you know, getting super into singing. Yes. I'll just start to think like back on my life and Mm. so many moments where I easily could have and, you know, should have made a wreck of my life. Right. And made an embarrassment of myself and Mm -hmm. and just ruined myself. Mm -hmm. And God has been so gracious to me and so kind. And like when I just like think about that and not about like how I sound or whatever, like, or, you know, how many people are in the room or anything like that. And I just think about that. It's like the only thing they can pour forth is worship right. and ointment. And I think that's like what we see here. Oh, absolutely. And with complete abandon, like she literally is so um, self-forgetful, oh, like man. not thinking, I mean, just because, I mean, there's so many things like in this cult, like women were not to let their hair down. And, you know, if she was a prostitute, like this, all of this stuff, you know, had to do with her, um, you know, profession or whatever. And yeah. yet she's just completely Christ focused. And it's just a moment of pure worship that, um, you know, is so instructive. And then to your point about the parable, it's interesting that the contrast of a woman being called a sinner and everyone recognizing her as a sinner, and then Simon and the other Pharisees not recognizing themselves as sinners. And yet Jesus in his parable, even though <laughs> he kind of gives Simon, he's such a masterful, um, you know, just uh, the way he convicts people and storyteller or whatever, and just really like, you know, gets cuts right to the heart. Yeah. Um, kind of allowing Simon the like, okay, say you owe 50 and she owes 500, but he, he calls them both sinners. Mm. And so, which is interesting to your point about the morally bankrupt, you know, failure. I mean, he's basically saying it doesn't even, all of this religiosity is not going to solve your true problem. Yeah. Um, and so again, so instructive, like it doesn't matter on the outside. Like if you're like, so you owe 50 and you can identify people who owe 500, you're still just, you know, worlds away from the beauty and moral perfect perfection and holiness of God. So we're a sinner and we have a deep need and it is to be forgiven. Who can do that? And Jesus is saying, you know, it's me. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so true. And, um, and then, yeah, well, go ahead. Or, well, what, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, like, and what you said about growing in love, the, you know, so many times I think we do want to grow in love and you think, how can I grow in love for God and for Christ? And what he's telling us here that it really is recognizing what a sinner you are. Yeah. Because instead of being like, oh yeah, she would love because she has a lot to be forgiven of and you wouldn't love as much because you don't have as much. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's just saying Simon doesn't recognize how much he's been forgiven. So his love is small or could be forgiven. His love is small. And so then I think again for myself, I mean, it, it's interesting. Like I'm 54. How, how old are you? 24. 24. 
So you'd think like the longer you walk with the Lord, the better you get at not mm-hmm. sinning. But in actuality, it's just you become more and more aware of your sin and how amazing it is to be forgiven. Gosh. Um, and the great, you, you get a stronger sense. I mean, it's it's crazy because I, I, I see <laughs> myself more as a sinner and yet I'm also more overwhelmed by the grace. Mm. Um, and yeah, that's what it is. You just look at Christ and yeah. you see how far you fall short. I, I go back to First Timothy 1, 16 all the time. Um, and I love the letters from Paul to Timothy because, you know, I'm a young man and mm-hmm. it's letters from a mentor and father figure to a young man. And so it's kind of easy to just resonate with. Yeah. And Paul is, he's recounting his own salvation as a means of stirring up Timothy to be a leader. And uh, he says, but in verse 16, but I received mercy for this reason that in me is the foremost Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who are to believe in him Mm. for eternal life. And like, I just love that framework of, you know, my life in in its core essence is just an example of God's patience. And that's, that's so good. And and (laughs) wait till you're, yeah, 30 years down the road. You're like, whoa. Yeah. And and loving steadfast, you know, love of the Lord. Yeah. And and we just see that. And, um, you know, it's just a great view. This, this story, it's a great window into the heart of Christ. And, um, I think it was either gentle and lowly or knowing God, one mm-hmm. of those two books, both um, great, both Worth great, our time. both yes. recommended, um, either Packer or, uh, um, Ortland use, use the phrase like basically casting yourself on God with self abandoning hope. Mm. And I just remember that that phrase struck such a deep chord with me, self abandoning hope, just, just leaving yourself and like throwing exactly. your, your soul at the foot of the cross. And I think that this woman, uh, this sinful woman is an yeah. amazing example of that. And by that, she's saved. Her faith is counted to her as righteousness. Mm, her faith is counted to her as though she's never sinned. So an amazing, amazing encouragement from Luke 7. We're going to move over into Luke chapter 8 tomorrow. For Jennifer McClish, this is Will Carlisle, and we will see you tomorrow on Our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.